With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey Siri, give me H-Town Soccer. Talking all things Houston Dynamo FC. This is the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. We are Forever Orange. What a base sound. Welcome to another episode of the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. My name is Rudy Segura, and I'm joined, like always, uh, by Christian Putalias and Rodriguez Serguda. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing great because it's finally here, guys. Week one kicks off this weekend. Um, but guys, you know, before we get started, uh, Christian, if you can tell the people how to connect with us, man. Yeah, man. What's up, everybody? Uh, you can find us uh, at DynamoTheory.com. No, at DynamoTheory on IG and Twitter. You can find, uh, yeah, every everybody, I guess, on DynamoTheory.com. You can find all the all the player reviews. You can find all the breakfast links. You can find everything that we're going to be doing over there. If you need to send us an email by any chance, uh, you can get at us at DynamoTheory.com podcast at gmail.com you can find me at chris putalias you can find rudy at rudy segura three and you can find rodrigo at rodrigo segura zero one yeah so this episode I, I hope you guys are doing good guys i hope you guys are excited ask me uh i know rodrigo you being in dallas it's a little bit hard but me and christian i'm sh- we're gonna be at the game uh you know ready for things to kick off and super excited i'll be with the you're gonna go to the media right media box christian yes, sir Yep. Christian be in the media box and I'll be hanging out with the supporters. See how that goes. Hopefully we're going to get a W. But before we get into any of match day one, uh, this episode, we're going to talk about uh, the last few games that we kind of didn't talk about before about the preseason, was, which was Toronto and Dallas. Uh, we'll get into some rumors. And then we also do have um, some more predictions. This time it'll be team awards. So with that being said, I guess let's let's start with the match against Toronto. Um, the Dynamo end up getting a win. Uh, they played in Austin, which was I found kind of odd in a very windy uh, day. Um, they ended up taking the win two one. I it was better than I expected. I know in the recording last I said that we probably get two losses. We got one loss out of that. Um, but Christian, uh, did you get to watch the game? And is there anything that you uh, liked about the Dynamo? Uh, yes, I did get to watch it. Um, I was watching it here at home and I actually went live on, on my Twitch and I was just kind of streaming it for somebody else. Uh, but nobody heard that. Uh, but yeah, I was, you know, I was just kind of like talking, talking shit on, on Twitch. And then I went on Instagram live for a little bit too. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I think the Dynamo, it was very weird because they played completely different to what they had played against Austin. Uh, they played really like back. So if you were like watching the game, uh, there was like a for sure line of four in the back. And then they, they did like a line of five right in front of them, literally like a few steps away. And then they left Ferre- uh, Ferreira, yeah, Sebas Ferreira up top, basically like in the literally in the middle of the, in the circle, uh, in the middle circle to like kind of fight any other balls that he could get. And basically that's how the Dynamo played like the whole entire game in a way. Um, obviously that second team came in, you know, in the second half. And they basically tried to do the same thing, but, you know, the two goals came in the first half and they, I think, and they just, you know, the second team just kind of had to hold, you know, Toronto back. But, you know, if you're playing against a, like a better team, like Toronto usually is, or or tends to be, uh, you know, compared to the Dynamo, I think going into the, into, into this game with a strategy of sitting back and kind of waiting for them and then kind of countering, the 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 way that Dynamo did, for example, with Dorsey, you know, crossing the ball to Ferreira, which how we got the first goal, I think is a good idea. Um, would would I like the Dynamo to play like that every single game? Uh, no, because um, you know, I tend to be more attacking. But you know, personally, I like to the, the team to be more attacking. But I mean, 
if you're going to go into a defensive block, I think it is a good idea. And, and they did, I guess, what they had to do. And, you know, they shut down Toronto uh, kind of because it was a 2-1 two, two game, right? So they, they did get to score. But, you know, at the end of the day, we scored more. So we won. So. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, it was a good showing. Obviously, Sebastian Ferreira scored his third goal of preseason. Uh, and then uh, Tyler Pasher basically passed the ball into the goal. Um, but I think a good takeaway is just to see how, you know, such a natural, uh, like, scorer Sebastian Ferreira is. I mean, if you saw that goal, he, you know, timed that that cross perfectly, uh, got his body positioned well, and was able to score. Um, Rodrigo, I don't know if you were able to watch that game or not. Probably not since you're in Dallas, but uh, anything uh, that you want to add to that? Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch this game, you know, that restriction. Um, but no, I mean, you guys summed that up pretty well. Um, don't really have anything to add on this. Just kind of disappointed. Yeah, and again, you know, it was it was a good showing for after getting, you know, your butt uh, whooped at uh, at home, a 4-0, obviously, by Austin. So it's preseason, guys. Again, don't overreact. Uh, I think it's going to take a bit uh, to get started. And then with that, we transitioned to another rival, uh, which was uh, against FD Dallas on Saturday. The team ended up taking another loss, um, 2-1 again. Uh, I personally didn't get to watch it because I was at a wedding, obviously. <laughs> so didn't want to be rude and watch it on my phone, even though I kind of could have technically. But, uh, uh, you know, what do you want to add about that game, uh, Christian? Um, so I think personally, well, it was a, it was a bad game off the bat. Like the Dynamo were playing really bad. Um, I don't know because usually a lot of people, uh, say that, you know, Dallas obviously has a better team right now. And, and it seemed like they did because, you know, in the beginning of the game, they were controlling everything and the Dynamo couldn't just put two passes together. In my opinion, uh, it was also a game that, you know, those games that, since they don't really matter in a way, you're not, well, at least in this game in particular, I wasn't, you know, focused 100%. And also the fact that the Dynamo wasn't playing really well also didn't, you know, wasn't very inviting, you know, to sit there and watch or whatever, uh, you know, especially when you have like kids and, and you know, they're running around and you try to you know, watch a game and stuff like that. So to what I've watched, I mean, the Dynamo didn't play really well. I mean, the coach himself will tell you that, you know, the the, the team wasn't uh, doing what they were supposed to, I guess, in a way. Um, they seemed a little bit more ready for gameplay in a way. Um, it didn't feel like a derby at all. You know, it just there was some, you know, hitting in there. And then the officiating, honestly, it was kind of questionable as well. You know, at one point in time, I, th- I might have said something like, you know, I, I forgot something about, you know, the, the referee being a Dallas fan because, you know, all the everything was a foul against us and everything was a as a foul for them. And, and it was just kind of bad. But in the second half, they kind of like picked it up a little bit. Uh, they were able to get on the scoreboard because it was a 2-1 game, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Um, but, you know, other than that, it wasn't really like it didn't confirm anything to say like, oh, the Dynamo are ready to play. But also, you know, I don't know. It's like a big question mark, honestly. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the goals from from the messages that you guys were sending was that the goals were basically like dumb goals, right? Like small mistakes uh, by the defenders or just, you know, the mistakes that could have been prevented that basically allowed Dallas to, you know, find find the net on basically cherry picking. But Rodrigo. Uh, what are your thoughts on that match? I know you got to watch that, man. Yeah, um, I know I've been the positive guy here, but honestly, um, after watching this game, dude, I, I don't know. I, my honest words, is that's how we're going to play? We're shit. Like, we're not going to do anything. Um, off the bat, you know, the the our center backs could not communicate with each other whatsoever. Um, you had... Tim Parker just passing it stupidly back to um, Steris and he's just clearing it. Like it was not, it was just kind of like a hot potato game. Like, here you go. Yes. You know, they kind of put uh, Steve Clark in trouble at, at times too, doing the same thing. Um, Dallas had a really high pressure, high intensity the whole first half. 
the Dynamo didn't. Like, they just let him sit back with the ball and just kind of, you know, slowly defend, uh, which I was surprised because even, like, you know, uh, Fafa, who comes back and defend a lot, I mean, he was just kind of, like, shadowing the player. Like, let him come, you know, and then they're just – Dallas was just going with the through balls. And our defense was awful. I mean, the first goal, it was a lucky, like – um. I forgot who the defense. I think it was Adam try to clear it off the line and then it just kind of like bouncing off of him and just rolled in basically like he, yeah, he could have prevented it, but overall it was just bad. Um, and then the second goal, I mean, honestly, if we're being honest, Dallas should have scored like four goals the first half. Hey, you are being honest. You don't have no, to no, keep but Dallas should have <laughs> yeah. scored four goals in literally in like yeah. 20 minutes. Ferreira and, sucked. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're Dallas Ferreira. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He had like, I mean, their DP. There was like three chances. They they just gave it to like straight to um, uh, Steve Clark. You know, if he could have like put some power behind it or just a finesse, it would have been easily like four um, zero yeah. in twenty five minutes. And I don't know. It just seems like if that's gonna be our center back pairing, because we saw that in preseason. And I get it. You know, it's preseason. You don't have um, teenage, or you're trying to bring him in. But it just seems like. This is going to be a starting center backs for the first game. Well, and if that's the case, like, well, yeah. And I was going to say the silver lining is that it is not technically the starting lineup, but the way that, you know, a teenage may not be in form and ready for week one. Uh, I believe he only played about 20 minutes in that match. Um, mm. So, he you know, a lot better. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, well, of being, course, yeah. I, I think being in form is like an understatement. Like, it's just, it's kind of like an excuse. I mean, you have other players that went into this African Cup of Nations or whatever it's called, sorry. Um, and and they, they're back to playing like literally in a week and they're in form and they're, you know, with their team starting, whatever. Why can't he be the same with the Dynamo? Like, it's just, you're a professional. You should be always in shape. You know, it should have been easier for him to come in. And obviously you're a center back. All you have to do is play defense it's not like a tactical position like a midfielder yeah and i mean obviously the guy is very agile i think he can do it i think he's definitely one guy that can probably come in and be you know played 90 minutes but then you also see it not thinking about it kind of like with uh, coco rasquilla remember how he came from playing like uh with panama in the gold cup and then when they brought him back they you know, Todd Ramos would play him like 20 minutes here, 30 minutes. You know, he, he was never 90 minutes fit. And when he was, he got hurt and was out for a while. So, you know, it, it comes with the territory. I'm, I'm sure the lineup, uh, it's already pretty much set for the for the weekend match, for the match they won. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, anything else you guys want to add on this? If not, I'm going to go ahead and, and skip to the uh, next one. What's up, Christian? Well, I mean... I'm just going to highlight something that the Toronto game had a lot of highs, you know, like a lot of really good positive things. Uh, Fafa had a really good game with Adam, Adam on that left side and Dorsey had a really good game compared to the Austin game. You know, the Austin game for Dorsey was terrible, but the Toronto game for Dorsey was, you know, spectacular, you know, to, to say the least. Uh, Baird, you know, he's kind of still there, you know, he's been starting every game, but he's not doing you know, he's not going beyond to what, you know, I guess the expectations are for him. So hopefully he's able to, you know, get some, do something else. <laughs> well, what I was going to add, because you mentioned about, you know, Fafa kind of looking like he was just shadowing the players against Dallas. You also have to see it as, you know, the last preseason game. A lot of guys don't want to get hurt. They don't want to miss the season. So, you know, that thing, there is some kind of way that, you know, at the end of the day, again, you're not winning anything, right? I mean, do you lose and get, you know, maybe you're feeling hurt as a fan? Probably, yeah, of course, right? We don't like to lose against rivals. But at the end of the day, you know, the guys, I don't I don't know if they have the same feelings like we do. No, I mean, I get that. But at the same time, like, you're out there to play. Might as well just not even play the game. Like, that's what it felt like. It felt like, you know, you're just puppets on the field to, like, you know, kind of like a, a training ground, kind of like when you're, like, you know, a coach will throw 11 players in the field just to stand there just so it can, you know, the, the team can go through a walkthrough, basically. That's kind of what it was. It was, there's no, I think the biggest yeah. thing is Dallas had intensity, Dynamo didn't. 
that that you know like what's the difference like why couldn't we have intensity why why did we just have to sit back and take it basically you know but at the like, same time we only lost by one goal so i think if they did have the intensity that you kind of had to see you know i know christian I, like, is the yeah, it, it, you, they, you know what i mean they could have no, scored yes, four or no. five exactly because like, they could have scored four yeah. or five and like, I'm, yeah i'm with rodrigo in this one. we got lucky like honestly yeah. like first 20 minutes i was like holy shit like that that could have been this awesome is what over. we're playing like yeah and you know and you're talking about you know pablo with his what kind of style he's gonna come to play and honestly it was just literally clear the ball clear the ball like we were so rushed that there was no you know if you're telling me the center backs kind of swing it back and forth through the the wings and you know get the midfield involved and then you kind of build something up no it was literally shit we're in trouble and just clear it i don't think it's uh i think changing changing the style of play i think from from last year to this year i think it takes time it doesn't it's something that you you not change in four or five weeks of training. I think it's it's like I say it's a work in progress. I think for me, I think this will be the 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 biggest challenge for me on preseason. But I uh, I'm happy with the progress of the team. I'm happy with where uh, we are right now. Uh, I think we are ready, uh, despite a couple of mistakes uh, today here uh, against FC Dallas. I think we're 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 solid. I think. There's a lot of things that we need to fix it, but I think it, we're going to be ready to when we step to feet against Real Salt Lake. And, you know, you said about Paulo. I mean, we, you know, on the press conference, he mentioned how it is going to be difficult to get a squad to play in a different style, which is true because how many, you know, a good amount of the players from the last two years or even last year are still here. So, yeah, I mean, that may be something too, right, Christian? I don't know what you wanted to add. Yes. So two things. First of all, when they ask him on the press conference, well, uh, I think it's very, it's very, very clear that we value, we value possession of the ball. We want to make sure that we are, we're uh, moving the ball to break teams. Uh, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to be too detailed on the, on the way that the style is. But I just, I think we we value the ball much more than it was was done in the past. Uh, Victor at ice, I asked him, you know, so what is your style? He was like, well, you know, I don't want to tell, you know, my style. It's like, like, what, what's your secret, bro? Like, who are you? Like, tell you know, me like, what's in the have... rating case sauce for God's sake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or be curing ketchup, bro. That's exactly. Exactly. A little bit of pepper, a little bit of salt. Yeah. Worcestershire sauce. For real. I have a friend that used to work there. I'm going to ask him. But yeah. So, first of all, you know, what, like why are you why are you so secretive about a soccer style like it's just soccer dude like relax like who do you think you are type thing you know you know no offense but who do you think you are you know not saying yeah and then second yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, well i was gonna say especially because you know it's not like they can change your tactics if it was football or you know a sport yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that is straight up like a chess Place. match exactly yeah. it's different but it's yeah. it's fluid you know at the end of the day yes there's different things you do Different yeah. tactics, but it's a fluid game. It can always. Like we don't change. need to know your signs of your curveball, fastball, anything. Just <laughs> let don't. us know what exactly. you're going to work with. <laughs> and what exactly. was your second point, Christian? My bad. And then, and then the second point is, I forgot. But <laughs> we're gonna make something up. But basically, like, let's just say you have a new style, right? And and he's always talking about possession, possession of the ball. And I go back to Tab Ramos, and and if you look at, to me personally, I thought his style of, of Tab Ramos was also possession. You know, I said this a million times and I, and I probably will say it again another million times, but the teams under Tab Ramos actually play really well. You know, one thing is playing really well. And one thing is actually winning, which, you know, they didn't communicate, but Tab Ramos teams play really, really well at times and they moved the ball around and they kept possession. There was times that we were playing against big teams and we were moving the ball very well. So, like, possession, you know, it was already part of the game with Tab Ramos. So, if you're coming over here, you know, if you're Pablo Nagamura and saying, oh, you know, our style is going to be about possession and keeping the ball. Well, I mean, just look back at, you know, Tab Ramos era. Like, it was kind of the same thing. I mean, I don't know if you guys think differently, but to me, it was possession-based. 
obviously we didn't win. We weren't, we didn't have a proper nine, in my opinion, to put the ball in the back of the net. We, we didn't have, like, if we could throw crosses in the box, there was nobody there. You know, we use our wings. We use Lundy on one side. You know, you use Dorsey or Sarek Valentin on the other. And that was the game, you know, just keep the mob moving and then try to find the wings and bring it in. And obviously, how are you going to bring it in when there's no to nine? Like, nobody took shots. You know, maybe with more possession with the ball this year, we were, were able to take shots from outside the box. Like, but then again, like what, you know, like, yeah, what do you mean? It's, it's hard to like move. Like they're professional soccer players. They should know how to, you know, move I, their tactics. I mean, I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we have more topics to touch on, but I yeah. do want to say, you know, you did mention about, you know, obviously top, it was a lot of possession, but I feel the way that they played it in under Todd Ramos, it was always hold the ball. And it was a lot of side to side, if that makes sense. Like it was a lot of side to side. That's possession though. No, 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 no. I know. But they were, it wasn't a lot of proactive uh, attack if that makes And, and one thing that it's noticeable from the game that I watch against Toronto. And I think this is where um, Paulo Nagamura is starting to like, you know, evaluate the players he has because in the midfield, what they would do a good job of in that game particular, they will give it to the midfielder and the mil- like it was the, the uh, striker or the, you know, the three forwards were kind of by themselves. If that makes sense. Like the, the midfield didn't attack with quickness or didn't distribute the ball quicker. And I think that's the style that um, he's trying to develop, which honestly, he may not say it's Peter Burmese It's Peter Burmese, man. Is that, able to uh you know have those midfields that can uh pick point um the you know and move forward um and with that i think it's a perfect segue right to the rumor that we've heard uh recently about hector herrera uh you know the the dynamo kind of maybe moving uh or giving him an offer which to me is a no-brainer you know we also heard and and they confirmed it uh today that joe corona was waived um his contract was bought out so Basically, it, it, it's another space from from a crowded midfield, which, you know, you keep hearing crowded midfield. Not, not It doesn't mean that they're a good midfield. They're just a too many yeah. people to play. And uh, exactly. And I think, again, like even with uh, Quintero, we've seen Quintero playing more of like in the middle, which, again, to an extent, it'd be like a 10 because he's the one that's supposed to distribute the ball. But that's not his position. Uh, I, you know, they're going to have to find somebody – like an Hector Herrera, that he's an eight, right? He's a box-to-box guy. He can yeah. play, uh, you know, we've talked about this on Cinco, a six, whatever you want to call it. Um, he can play that as well. If if uh, at the end of the day, uh, Mati Vera is not the answer there. So he he he's versatile to, to be able to do that. And, you know, there's so many uh, pros to that. But, Rodrigo, what are the pros that Hector Herrera will bring to a team like the Dynamo? as it stands right now, you know, with the, the pieces right now. As a true Mexican, what is your opinion? <laughs> no, I mean, he's going to bring that creativity. I think he's going to open up the play more, um, look for those, you know, hard passes where it's like a through ball, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like a player like him is going to give a lot to the Dynamo, but at the same time, it just depends how, you know, if we are going to play this possession game, um like what what does that possession look like you know under tab like person men, uh, like you mentioned um yeah most of our games were possession based and we had a few chances that were created and you know there was games that we had 60 65 possession and we still lost you know so it's just like it's one of those things like Herrera would bring it's just give that one final pass that maybe gives you a good through ball um, to like Ferreira or Fafa, and um, I think that's what would uh, you would bring. I don't think he'll play as much as like a defensive um, center mid. And man, watching um, this game against Dallas, uh, Mati was even playing like center back for like literally 15 minutes because they were so far back, and he was kind of like effort. I'll just do it myself, kind of thing. Like <laughs> honestly, it was chaotic, mm-hmm. but. Um, well, and, you know, yes. and, and I know me and Christian have kind of had this conversation as well. You know, uh, it seems a lot of fans. And like you said, you know, me and Rodrigo being from Mexico, you know, we're fans that have asked to bring a Mexican player, right? Even if it's a young player. In this case, bringing an Hector Herrera, I mean, it's it's a high caliber, you know, he's the captain right now of the Mexican national team. Um, 
So, so, you know, Christian, you know, how do you see Hector Herrera coming in? You know, as somebody that, again, you, you don't have the same kind of, I guess, bias to an extent that maybe we have just, you know, because we do follow the Mexican national team. Yeah. Well, yeah, basically. Yes. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But if you look at it, you got bad money over there. I know, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, that was a hey, funny meme. That was a be- funny video. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was it's better than blah, 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 though. <laughs> okay, let me recoup. Uh, <laughs> Did you probably go to the concert this week or what? <laughs> no, I didn't have money for it. But no, even if I had the money, I would. Uh, no, you won't catch me up there. Hey, you get here, you get Ben the house for free, bro. <laughs> for free and live oh my god uh but yeah i forgot i was gonna say oh yeah if you just look at his like rap sheet you know as a like for example i don't i don't follow the mexican team obviously and you know and i don't follow you know the i guess i don't know if he's considered a legend or not but i mean the fact that he's the captain of the national team of mexico it kind of automatically you know gives him a not a legend status but like you know he's a Como un referente, what they say, you know? Yeah, like he, he he's he's, uh, he's like he a was, go-to guy. He's well liked because he's been playing with the national team for a long time, yeah. and obviously, and, and you know this, you know, obviously uh, Argentina exports a ton of guys to Europe, but I mean the guy was you know a big time player for Porto, playing in Champions League yeah. matches, and eventually making it to Atlético Madrid, um, which he you know earned his spot under Simeone. Of course, but uh, as of late, it seems that he isn't getting as much playing time as he wanted to. And also the thing is like, you know, Mexico not, you know, lately they have been sending more guys to Europe. But, you know, it's kind of rare for for the Mexican to go to Europe, you know, in a way. But whenever you are like, you know, a Mexican national that makes it to a big team in Europe, you know, being Porto, being Atletico Madrid, who is in the Champions League, who was champion last year of the of La Liga, you know, it kind of gives you that extra bonus. And obviously, if you're going to if you're a player, like even if you're in the bench or you just play for a few minutes in a team that just, you know, won your league in, you know, in Spain, when you're going against, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, whoever it may be and you are currently playing in Champions League, you know, it gives you that extra, that extra, you know, like star status in a way, you know, like you, you, you're somebody, you know, it's like when, when Toronto signed the Insignia, you know, like Napoli guy, you know, World, World Cup champion, even when Miami signed the French guy, like I didn't know who he was. And, but just the fact that he was like a world champion or whatever, you know, it just kind of gives them that extra boost. He, I don't think he worked out for them. You know, I don't think he was like what they wanted or what they expected. But when you look at Hector Herrera, he's still kind of young. I mean, 31, you know, we say that he's old, but 31 is like could be still prime. You know, like you can still have a three, three to four good years on you, you know, like 34, 35. That's when people start kind of like dwindling down. But I mean, 31 years old in the midfield, a box box guy or even just like a number five, number six, whatever we want to call it. You know, just being the mastermind in the midfield, not even the mastermind, but just being like a captain and just kind of telling guys, you know, hey, I'm here to hold it down. And y'all, you know, y'all listen to me in a way and, and I'll give you directions because that's I mean, honestly, that's what this Dynamo needs. This Dynamo needs a go to guy and and not to like be mean or whatever, but I don't see Tim Parker. Tim Parker as that. I don't see Tim Parker as a captain. If anything, I would see Fafa more of a go-to guy or, or a guy that was going to tell you, Hey, like, you know, you're, you're messing up, you know, step up your game, you know, and that's what you need. You need a guy in the middle of the field that can see, you know, have everybody around him literally, you know, in the position that he's going to be in, if he's going to play in the midfield and just kind of, you know, keep everybody on check, you know, cause what, what is Tim Parker doing from the back? Is he keeping everybody on check? You know, I know so Hector Herrera, I don't know how his English is, but, you know, he's going to be able to communicate with a Sebas. You know, he's going to be able to communicate with a Fafa. He's going to be able to communicate with, well, I don't know who's going to play. Like right ni- 90% way. of the team for sure. Man. Exactly. You know, yeah. and, and even though, you know, we might not see it as a big factor, I think language and communication is a big factor as well. You know, like you can communicate, you know, soccer, you don't really need to communicate, you know, because it's, you know, if you know, you know, basically, but, you know, it's an extra, like, like an extra oomph if, 
if you can communicate with your striker and be like, you know, corre para acá or, or like do this, do that, you know, and, and, and I think that's what makes it better. So I love the fact that both of y'all, you know, basically gave all the great things that he would do to the team itself. You know, we, we haven't even mentioned the fact that, you know, you're bringing a Mexican player to a city that has a huge Mexican population. Yeah. Um, that for sure, you know, will he sell out the stadium? Maybe not, right? Because, you know, maybe he doesn't have as much click as a Chicharito went on. But again, he is, he just won La Liga, you know, not last year. You know, the guy has some pedigree. Um, people are going to come and see him, you know. Can, you know, we were used to seeing uh, PNC Stadium at what, 50% capacity, if not less. What if we have it at 75 capacity, uh, yeah. you know, instead? So, you know, his jerseys uh, it will sell, you know, and and what was rumored is that the contract that they're giving him is a two two year plus a one year option. You you still have him for he'll be 34 years old, basically. So yeah. like, and, and I, that's what I wanted to add, you know, that you said, you know, he is still a good enough age that he's not completely out of, uh, you know, his prime, per se. And as yeah. obviously he wants to keep playing. Um so that he is ready for the World Cup because this could be his last World Cup as well. And not that Mexico's qualified by any means, but that just gives you, you know, a better idea. And you won't have him um, till most likely June or July, and it'd be a free transfer. So there's a lot of, you know, no-brainer aspect of it. Yeah, you may mm -hmm. have to, you know, he's going to come in as a DP for sure, and he's going to have a big salary. But in your opinion, would you rather pay – you know, over, I mean, it's going to be more than that, but you're going to want to pay more than like 1.5 million salary to him or to like a Maxi Ruti. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, what what yes. is better overall? I think you pay the guy a salary of 3 million. Yeah, it's, it's hefty, right? I mean, you're not paying him Carlos Bella money or Chicharito money, yeah. um, even if it's close to 5 million. But I think you'll get that money back quickly. Uh, it's, you know, for sure. He'll, he'll be he'll be a lot more useful than what Uruti was like a hundred percent exactly right? I don't think that's no question yeah. and I think and I think we need because right now that's what we've been asking or like asking ourselves like what is going on in the midfield and if you bring this guy that question kind of goes away you yeah know? you just like, need you know somebody to and you need you just need somebody that can organize the midfield because at yeah. the end of the day, who you really surround him with doesn't really matter if he's able to organize a midfield. You know, you can put a memo next to him. You can put a Coco next to him. You can put a Beta. You can put a Jones, whoever it is. But at the end of the day, you know he's going to be the one commanding that midfield and probably commanding the entire squad. So, you like, you know, you guys did a great point of saying you just need somebody that can kind of step up and actually be the face of the franchise because right now we don't have one. Um you know, I think if you guys want to add anything else, feel free. Good. Last good. last one, last one. Also, this is a really good, you know, if this happens, it's a really good thing for the Dynamo because, you know, I've been saying that we are just a team of average, you know, of average players. You know, maybe one or another guy might stand out more than the others. But, you know, having a player like that will elevate everybody else's game. So not only you do good for like your midfield or whatever, but I think your team around and your other players are going to want to elevate their, their own skills, their own, you know, uh, whatever it may be, you know, like condition, conditioning or esfuerzo, whatever it may be like that they're, that they're trying to do. I think having a person like that will help everybody else, you know, put their level up. So, yeah, Rodrigo. I agree. <laughs> no, I mean, there, there's not much to say. I mean, no, I think I think basically said everything. It's good that um, we all kind of see it that way. And and like I said, it'd be great. I mean, we can only dream, right? We've talked about rumors. I hate rumors. Uh, but this one, I feel like it's one that we do need to kind of talk about because it, it makes a lot of sense for him to come, you know, for both parties. You know, I think it's a win-win uh, if they're able to seal the deal. And um before we move on, I just want to really do touch on the fact that Dynamo does ended up getting some players. So they're in mid, you know, preseason. They, so they, they, they're still building the roster and there's going to be a lot of fluctuating between uh, the first team and Dynamo Dos. As we saw, Marcelo Palomino also um, captain that, that match against uh, San Antonio FC, I believe they played. They ended up losing 2-1. Yeah, yeah. um, 
but things are getting better uh, in the sense of like building and and, and uh, the squad kind of getting together. But we'll move to this next section. Uh, that let, or, b- yeah. before yeah, you yeah, move yeah. to the okay. next section, for it. let me just let me just name them because I think they deserve recognition because I you know they busted their ass and they got a contract and I think we should at least say their name. I mean, in my opinion, right? Because when I was that age, I was not doing any of that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, it's a, it's a big up. Do you have it or I have it open? No, I, I have it. Okay. Have a list go right for it, man. So, Mujevi, no, Mujed, sorry. Now let this guy pronounce the names and it was. <laughs> I actually, I have the pronunciation thing, but, you know, I'm still going to mess it up. So, my bad, Mujib. Mujib Murana, Murana, Murana. Uh, Joiner or Joiner Castillo. <laughs> this is the hardest one. Diego Gonzalez, uh, Roberto Avila, Paulo Lima, Papa Ndoye, who we saw, and he has a lot of. He looked very impressive. He, that, that boy, match. big. Yeah, yeah. Talon Maples, also a shout out to uh, uh, Senegal that won the, the African Cup. Uh, Talon uh, Maples, Andrew Pennenberg. Jacob Evans and the last one, uh, Sterling Penning- Pennington John. So, yeah, it, to those guys. And I think, like I said, the roster is kind of slowly building. It seems that the uh, MLS, you know, hasn't gotten themselves together uh, with this whole uh, MLS. But it, it, it's a new new league altogether, so it's going to take time to build up. But it's exciting to see a lot of these guys get, um, you know, an opportunity. Like you said, you know, they work hard. Paulo Lima was a uh, draftee, uh, and, and then uh, Papa uh, did very well that match we saw him play. Um, but with that, we'll move again to the the this segment about predictions. Uh, last episode, if you missed it, go check it out. Um, we kind of predicted basically where the uh, team was going to end, which honestly, I think we were very optimistic compared to like MLS.com. <laughs> yes. Don't even look it up. Uh, they have us being in 14th place. So and in their eyes, they do see it as it's going to get worse for us. So, you know, hopefully, like uh, Tom Boger said, you know, in his uh, depressed picture with uh, Paulo Escobar that uh, at the end of the day, they may be wrong. So who who knows, you know, with their predictions. But we'll move uh, into predicting. Wait, wait, wait. How are you worse than the coach has said we're we're fucked. <laughs> well, they're they're not. They're, no, they're, yeah, there is a different division. It's a oh, different that's right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, no, I mean they. Still, though, still. Yeah. But we, we are. If it makes we you probably would have been. We're, we're equal to them. Yeah, we're we're probably pretty close. Like our twenty, what is it? Our twenty-seven, uh, our twenty-seven uh, players is probably better to, or about the same as their ten players. They that's have terrible. Yeah, but uh, have a full squad. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But uh, we'll we'll kind of predict this time about the uh, 2022 Houston Dynamo season, uh, or yes, Dynamo Team Awards for the season. So that involves uh, having an MVP. Uh, I guess I'll name them all. We'll have an MVP, a Players Player of the Year, a Golden Boot, a Defender of the Year, Newcomer of the Year, Young Player of the Year, Ironman of the Year, uh, which is a participation trophy, yes, and a Comeback Player of the Year. So. With that, uh, I'll let you guys go first. Christian, um, who would be your MVP for the 2022 season as it stands currently with this roster? I think Fafa is going to come back and have another heck of a season. Okay, so Fafa, Rodrigo, what are you thinking for the MVP? Who would win that? 
I think that's my number one choice too. Fafa. I mean, even just in preseason, he actually looked like he was trying to get after it. And other people just kind of like what I liked about him a couple of times, I just saw that he was giving a shit. Like he somebody will make a bad pass and he's literally like, dude, come on. You know, or he'll they won't get in, uh get the ball quick enough and he's already kind of like, you know, bitching like, come on, dude, like hurry up. So I don't know. I, I see that he has a lot of um he keeps people accountable for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And also low key, I think Fava's trying to make it to the World Cup. Oh, hey, yeah, you never know, man. So, I think I think people that have that envision, you know, and yeah, I can't even talk right now, guys. <laughs> uh, but have have the motivation to uh to actually push, even though like you know, he mentioned to us that you know he may not be in the radar, but it's good that he's putting in that work for sure. Yeah, um sure. For me, the MVP would be the guy that we're paid the most money currently, which is uh, Sebastian Ferreira. Because, you know, and that will go with my threat of thought because in my case, I feel that he, you know, he scored three goals in preseason already. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can hit the double digits. Fafa had 11 last season. Um, you know, for somebody that is a defensive winger, that's pretty good. So if you're paying this guy that is uh, – you know, uh, natural born attacker. I expect some goals. So uh, for me, I would be Sebastian. Um, players player of the year. I think that one's a little bit of a hard definition for us to maybe even predict per se, because yeah. we're not players. But, you know, who would you think would be a good locker room guy? That's basically, you know, how this is defined. So Christian, who would that be for you? Your players? player uh, of the year? I, I picked Fafa again. Okay. I think, you know, basically like what Rodrigo was saying, he keeps everybody like accountable and he actually gives a shit, you know? So if he, you know, if he keeps that momentum going up, I think everybody's going to notice. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, uh, Captain Fafa. So mm-hmm. I think him. Um, And it's so funny because, you know, he, he came from again, a rival and he quickly won us over, right? The fans over uh, with the way, not just throwing up the H, but just seeing him be fiery on the pitch. Rodrigo, who would be that uh, player's player, man? I think if he can actually stay consistent, uh, I want to say Mati. I mean, you know, apart from the big, or I guess bigger contract he received, um, you know, watching him play, like I said, he he dropped back a lot to try to defend, especially when our defense was crap. I, I feel like he cares about the team. He wants to be a leader. We've seen his um, interviews press conference and um and he basically says that you know like he he's there to change things not keep it the same as past years that we've how bad we've done um so i think he could be be the one uh go ahead say yours and then i'll I'll say my piece uh to me you know i I like you guys uh was it called pigs for sure i think uh the player's player just because i feel like it's a likable guy and i think he's a lot of you know kind of um what is it called he shows with his actions you know like the way that he he kind of pushes people but i think a teenager davy uh could be a guy that that can you know definitely win that award uh this year what's up christian i want to say with matias vera like obviously we need a matias vera from like 2019 that was his first year right that he was like killing it so if we can get a 2019 matias vera i think we would man like we could be not unbeatable but you know it will be hard for for people to get across through the middle and then another one that i just kind of maybe came to my head but it seems like matias vera is like you know he's very professional whatever and but i think there's still like a missing link between him and the people and i would love you know i'm not telling anybody to do anything but i would love the supporters group the support whichever supporter group to show maybe like an appreciation to vera like in a form of a tifo or you know just like a like a token of appreciation because i think he has busted his ass you know like for two three years already and you know even though he has had you know some bad games i think he's been pretty consistent and he has been one of the guys that you know we can kind of count on you know in the past few years and, and if I, I think, you know, if maybe the players, uh, not the players, sorry, the fans kind of either even like sing a chant or like, you know, something towards like a show of an affection towards Matias Vera, I think he could be a player that gets uh, 
like emotionally involved with the club. And I think that would push his level to like a whole nother thing because I mean, I don't know if you want, you want him to bring out that passionate Argentinian guy. Yes. No, I, I got you. I got you. You know, somebody I think he has a potential. Yeah. And there's some people that play better when they're pissed off, you know, so that too. So, you know, it's a little bit of both. So is there either piss want, him off or yeah. show him all the appreciation because he's a silent leader at the end of the day. I want, I want like a, a like a new Eddie Robinson and, and the type of, of, of love. Like if you look at Eddie Robinson, he loves the dynamo. Like it's weird. Well, not weird, but because, you know, it's, um, you don't really see Americans be fans of like, a, especially American players, you know, be fans of clubs in, in the United States. You know, they usually, I don't know, grew up, you know, loving another team or whatever. But when you see Eddie Robinson, you like, you saw the love for the club as a player and today as a fan, even though he probably won't say it, you know, or maybe he has, but, you know, I think he's a true Dynamo fan on like in his heart. And, and I think we need like another person like that, you know, in the roster now. I, like I, a, referente. We'll move on, but I think you yeah, need, yeah, I think you need a lot of the players like that to kind of, well, yeah. you know, love, love that. Ideally, and the yeah. logo. Uh, but moving on to the uh, golden boot award. Uh, apart from who would you pick, I kind of want to get a, how many goals uh, they would win it by. So, uh, Christian, who would be your Golden Boot winner? Well, it has to be Sebas Ooh. and um, at least 20 goals. 20 goals. Woo. All right. Yeah. Rodrigo, who would be your Golden Boot? Yeah, Sebas, but I, w- I would give him at least 15. Okay. Um, that's like the target, I guess. Yeah, that's funny because uh, yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. I, I would. Well, I mean, honestly, twenty could be at work, but who's gonna be the supporting cast around them right now? You know, we, yeah. we don't have that. So I, I'm with Rodrigo. I had also Sevas with 15 goals uh, as you know the uh, the record that he may get. Um, that that was pretty simple. You know, you paid a lot of money for this guy, like I mentioned. You know, obviously Fafa scored 11 last season, so. If we if Seven scored twenty goals, I think we're relatively good shape and maybe in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, I mean, <laughs> Fafa wants to score. You know, he scored eleven. He said he wanted to score at least one more, so twelve. Say, yeah. I mean, that that just gives competition. So if he's scoring twelve, we have you know Seven at fifteen. I think the Dynamo will be making the playoffs at that rate. Yeah, <laughs> that, that might be more goals than we had scored last year, probably with those <laughs> two guys. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're not no kidding, man. Uh. So the next uh, award is uh, Defender of the Year. Christian, who would be your Defender of the Year? It has to be Tim I, Parker, right, for you? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, like, you know, I don't hate anybody, by no. the way. You know, we talk shit, but, you know, we just, we are, we're trying to push, you know, trying to push you, trying to push you, you know, as a fan, we're trying to push you. Like, we don't want to talk bad about anybody, except, you know, some guy. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, Defender of the Year, in my opinion, Teenage. It's not I think talking he- bad. It's <laughs> teenage. Just- so yeah, exactly. It's keeping exactly. people accountable as well as fans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. yeah. Teenage, Rodrigo, who would be your Defender of the Year? Yeah, I would go with Teenage. Teenage as well. Pro- promising character <laughs> out of everybody I, uh, uh, I mean after watching the few performance in preseason i get it's preseason but damn yeah <laughs> what's it, it called uh, for me a defender a of the bit, year that's a soundbite right there right yeah right <laughs> uh for me a defender of the year i would want one of our fullbacks to win that just because you know either adam uh Lumpkins or seca would be a good option uh, so for me, I'll, I'll go with Adam. Uh, I feel like he it defends very well already. But if he get himself, you know, a handful of assists, uh, that should push him to defender of the year. Um, newcomer of the year, guys, there's not there's not a lot of new guys uh, in our, you know, they have joined us uh, on Instagram. I posted the people that left, which was so far 10, you know, uh, if you include all the guys that left, that's a good amount. And I think... Uh, Coming in, I want to say we have Sebas, we have uh, Daniel Steres, we have, uh, what's his name, uh, Steve Clark, and I feel like I'm Seca, and I feel like I'm missing one guy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, uh, right, hopefully. <laughs> but, uh, no, who would be your newcomer of the year? And, obviously, you know, you do have Thor. Uh, you guys, you know, a few guys that got drafted as well. So, yeah. um, you know. 
newcomer of academy the year. players as well yeah. so if he if he is as good as his highlights <laughs> seca yeah seca seca would be a good one for sure as you know obviously uh gold medalists uh if he can bring some of even if he brings like 15% of Neymar it'd probably be better than what we have so <laughs> bring a little bit of brazilian magic guys uh rodrigo who would you be your newcomer of the year newcomer would have to be sebas i would say If you're if you want to put him in the spot, I mean, he, he's gonna have to score goals, and everybody knows score goals sells tickets. So yeah, for sure. I think uh no I, yeah, right. No pressure. Uh for me, same thing. You know, Sevas is new to the league. I think uh it'd be uh hopefully he can. I mean, he again he already scored a few goals, so I think he's shaking up those nerves. It'd be kind of crazy if he went with uh zero goals and during preseason that just uh basically puts even more pressure on him but uh i think sebastian is the one that uh could win that newcomer of the year especially if he scores 20 goals or 15 goals or anything over uh double digits will be helpful um then we have the uh junk pl junk look at me can't pronounce young player of the year uh award uh christian who you have taking that young player of the year So this one, well, like it was kind of weird or interesting because uh, I put Palomino and okay. I put Palomino, but, you know, he's going to be starting at Houston Dynamo 2 um, for probably like the a good portion of the season and the beginning, at least. But I think his qual, his I'm hoping, you know, his game is so strong that, you know, they, they have no other option but to move him up. And then he's going to have a, a good a good showing in those games that he's able to move up. I know for sure he's probably going to play US Open games and stuff like that, uh, hopefully. But, you know, I'm hoping, you know, they've been hopping him up so much and and I didn't get to watch him last year. Yeah. So I'm hoping Palomino, you know, can can actually prove himself to be an MLS caliber player. Yeah, and of course, there's a few guys that we've seen in the preseason as well, like Andre Gato, uh, Gito, Gito. Uh, and, and, you know, other players like that from the academy. However, they're not signed. They're not technically homegrown players yet. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're just kind of messing with what's on the roster currently. So, Rodrigo, uh, who would be your uh, young player of the year, man? No, I, I would. I was thinking the same thing. Um, for me, it would be Palomino. Um, you know, being the captain uh, right away at the Dynamo Dos, um, I think he's going to be that, like, super sub maybe or give a little bit, like, a – second win to the team when either they, they need to push through or um, get, you know, get like a goal to tie it or win it. I think he's going to play an important role um, in that aspect. So I, I think he can succeed. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, like you said, Palomino, I think it's a, the, uh, the easiest way to go because we've heard of how good he is, you know, playing with uh, the youth national teams for, for the U S as well. As he had a hell of a year with Charlotte Independence, right? He scored a few bangers uh, during, so we we, we want to see, especially because I kind of want to be a little bit selfish and get that falling out of the chair celebration that you you, <laughs> you gave him, Christian. Right. Um, but just because of the way it looks like, and it seems that um, um, okay, I'm gonna go with Thor. I feel Thor uh, may be a you know a backup, but maybe even a third string striker. Um, but the little flashes that he's shown, the guy uh, has a lot of, you know, he has some aggressive attitude, which is good and bad. And I think it's something that the Dynamo need. Like you said, kind of like you want a Eddie Robinson. I think this guy can give you that fiery aspect. Um, so I'm going to go with Thor Ulfersen. So that, that's who I'm going to go with. And, and hopefully he's proud that I pronounced his name right. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Thor. Shout out to Thor. But uh, uh, next award is the Ironman of the Year, which uh, if you have listened to past podcasts or whether it be Cuatro Cuatro Dos or it would be uh, uh, Crossing Soccer Borders, we mentioned the fact that we saw this as a participation trophy just because it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to us. But basically, it's given to the player that, you know, has the most appearances for the team. Um, and we'll keep it on because it seems they give it away. So, Christian, who will be your Ironman of the year or who you want to see play, <laughs> you know, more? This is such a dumb award. Uh, but hopefully, <laughs> I don't know, teenage. 
I think he, I think we need teenagers to play every minute of every game. Yeah. More than anybody. No kidding, man. Uh Rodrigo, who would be yeah, yeah, who would be your Iron Man of the year? <laughs> I think it's gonna have to be Steve Steve Clark. I think <laughs> Good one. Have, he beat me. Yeah. I think he's gonna have to come up in big games, you know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the recent pack got him, that's probably why. Um and he's gonna honestly he's gonna have to be like what 95 nine maybe 99 of the games he's gonna have to start as long as he stays healthy yeah and i think he brings you know clean sheets kind of what we talked about you know maybe a nectar herrera bringing i think he can organize his defense uh which that usually tends to help for sure uh, i was gonna go with steve clark as well not kind of feel like changing it but if we uh expect Um, for the midfield to to be what it is, I think Amati Vera, you know, I think I, I want to see him on the field, you know, as much as I can see him on the field so he can, you know, he just got a contract extension, man. I feel like you need to work for what you're making. So especially when you're a professional sports player. <laughs> and I and I say again, you know, if if y'all show him a little bit of affection from from the from the stands, I swear to God, he's gonna reciprocate. I don't know if I said that word correctly. No, that was perfect, gonna, bro. He's gonna he's gonna return that love. I I promise. I promise. We're gonna fill the stadium with Argentinian flags. Something. Hell yeah. <laughs> was it called? Uh, and and that's actually talking about Mati. We keep mentioning him. I won him on the podcast, so we'll we'll hey. find. I'll push to get uh, Mati on a orange talk. Uh, even if we have to translate it, you know, we'll do a good job of that. For sure, but last uh, a team award that we have is one that I kind of added because it wasn't given last year. Maybe because we kind of were trash. They're like, let's let's just put that one away. Uh, you know, keep it in the uh, trophy case. But uh, it'd be comeback player of the year. So it basically is what it you know sounds like it is. So Christian, who would be your comeback player of the year for 2022? I put Baird. Baird. Oh man, dang. Just because, yeah. you know, yeah. he, he was injured and now he came back and he's starting. So is, if he's starting over Pasher and he, he's starting over whoever is on that right side, it's because he shows potential. And I hope that he shows, you know, why he was the rookie of the year whenever he was the rookie. And I hope he shows, you know, those glimpses of, of greatness that he had at LAFC. And hopefully he can show that, you know, he's here for the long run in a way, you know, for a few years. Rodrigo, so. I, I, I'm not even going to add, I think you hit it on the nail, Brandon, because that's that's what I was thinking myself. But uh, Rodrigo, who would be your comeback player of the year? Um, oh, the silence is killing me. <laughs> no, I mean, I, we're talking like, I guess, comeback. I, I would say Maybe Intero. Intero, that's no, a good I one. I mean, yeah, if he's going to get like, We saw him briefly, you know, in what, 20 games, 20-something games. Um, and I think he only started the, like, nine of the last few games. I feel like if he has a full run as, like, 90 minutes, I think he's probably going to be one of our top – has to be one of our top players. No, I think that's good. Yeah, You want to add something? No, I said hopefully. Oh, yeah. No, I – and, and yeah. cross my fingers, but I can't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, time will tell, right? I mean, there is a definitely fallout with the uh, Tab Ramos after – Quintero had a very good – 2020 season you know that 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 season that was just COVID crazy uh, uh he he did a hell of a job so it was kind of very interesting to see him not play uh being in that doghouse but uh, that's a good one uh, I am gonna add Memo Rodriguez I think Memo has been a player it's kind of same thing you know obviously he's been uh has the most caps he's been with the team for I think six seven years now And and I think he's a player that when <laughs> you don't even say two two seasons ago, you say two coaches ago with uh you know Cabrera, <laughs> he yeah, right? It's kind of depressing. But uh he 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 found the groove and he was able to score some goals. And I, I know here uh he would be asked to do something different. He's gonna have to be asked to be like a uh uh Kinda that plays for you know Sporting KC, kind of that that pivot between um the defense and the forward so if he's able to do that i could see him you know getting that award but oh guys this has been a heck of an episode what do you want to add christian go for me well first of all gary kinda is really good second of all comeback of the year the houston dynamo 
Period. Let's go. <laughs> like we have to put every single player there. Comeback team of the year for real. For real. What's it called? That comeback. Comeback fans of the year, the Houston Dynamo fans. Let's fill up that stadium, right. guys. <laughs> for real. Come hey, back, come everything. Back. <laughs> come back, everything. Somebody come back. But yeah. again, we this, this episode was a good episode. A lot of good discussion. Um, Christian, though, tell the people, man, how they can connect with us, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you can get you can find us at Dynamo Theory at, G, um, at on IG and Twitter uh, at Dynamo Theory IG and Twitter. You can shoot us an email at dynamotheorypodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Chris Putalias. You can find Rudy at Rudy Segura 3. You can find Rodrigo at Rodrigo Segura 01. And for everything and anything and all the things, dynamotheory.com. Yeah, and I think we're super excited. And I say that as Rodrigo Johns. But Rodrigo, go ahead and close us <laughs> out, man. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. I just got tired all of a sudden. I had to switch my um computer over here because it was dying. So I'm like, damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, no, uh, thank you, Houston Dynamo fans, for listening. And remember to always hold it down and keep it forever orange.